Friends, welcome to the podcast. My name is Caleb Suko, and today I am here with my beautiful and lovely wife, Christina. And this is kind of a Valentine's Day special. We're going to be talking a little bit about love, marriage, our relationship. Uncomfortable questions. Uncomfortable questions, <laughs> right? So stay with us, and we'll be sharing that all with you here in a very few moments. Okay, Christina, you are on the podcast today because tell us a little bit about what we're going to be doing tomorrow. Today is the 14th of February, which is Valentine's Day, and what is going on tomorrow? Tomorrow is going to be a pretty busy day. In the morning, I am having um, a women's fellowship, and then in the evening, Caleb and I are asking each other 10 uncomfortable questions in front of the youth group. Right, the, the youth group asked us to do this for a Valentine's Day special for, for, for the youth group and so actually we just got together today and we were kind of discussing this. I think it's a good opportunity to be able to share with the youth some, some important aspects of marriage and how, how we met and then how God used uh, some of those aspects in our life, or, or maybe how, maybe some of the things that we've struggled with as well. Yes, I try to come up with questions that would be not only interesting, but that would also be um, a teaching moment for them. And concerning the gospel, I guess, and all this, we'll get into the questions here in a minute, but um, how would you, this is like, so this is like a, Extra question, right? <laughs> the beginning, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, how how do you see the gospel playing out in marriage or in our marriage? What relationship does the gospel have to our marriage? I think that in any marriage and in ours in particular, the gospel we, we try to keep the gospel at the center because. Christ is our example of how we should love each other. And um, if we lose that focus, if, if we do not forgive each other like Christ forgives us, if we do not give grace to each other like he does, uh, like he gives us, then our marriage cannot stand. It just, it will fail. So, so for me, it's important to have gospel in the middle of our marriage so that our marriage could be strong and that we would have a strong foundation on which we're building it. So you see marriage as something that needs the gospel in order to really thrive and survive? Absolutely. Well, I want to agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So yeah, but I did ask you that because I think one of the things, you know, when we talk about the gospel, obviously people think about salvation, they think about heaven, they think about forgiveness of sin before God, which are all super important aspects of the gospel. But the gospel has also very, very practical aspects in our lives. And one of the greatest ways that we see that, of course, is in marriage. That's right. Which, and, and that's not something new that we're bringing up. I mean, that was something that Paul brought up, obviously, like in Ephesians chapter 5, where he compares the work of Christ in saving us to to how marriage should work so there's really a, a sort of almost direct correlation and and so 
the gospel it transforms it not only gives us eternal life but it transforms our marriages and in our lives completely in all areas of life and so if we're going to talk about the gospel we need to make sure to include talking about how the gospel it intersects and changes all those different areas of life whether it's marriage family raising children entertainment uh, work and all those different areas of life so uh, what about a ministry update do, do you want let's give a quick ministry update I know we have a lot of questions let's, I usually put a quick ministry update in here so what do you want to go first say a little bit about the women's ministry because I because I, I say about that you know on the podcast without you, but it's better if you say something about that. <laughs> okay. Um, I, um, I'm involved with our women in our church, in our Tabernacle Church here in Odessa. And uh, we're continuing to meet monthly for our women's fellowship. And it's, it's nice to have a friend of mine uh, teach the uh, women's fellowship this coming Saturday because then that means that I just get to just sit and participate and, and just enjoy the fellowship. But I also am involved in the um, Choose Life Women's Ministry, and I work at the Women's Center. Every Tuesday I'm there, and sometimes I go in the middle of the week, depending on my client's schedule. And uh, at this point, I work with two clients very closely, and one client just, just had a baby, so... Um, so we're not, I'm not consulting with her. Um, I'm not going through the um, gospel presentation book with her at this point. But please pray that I would have an opportunity to go through the story of hope with the two clients that I'm working with right now because they both exhibited interest in that and, um, and I just need wisdom to know... Um, to know how to offer it to them and how to um, to work through that material with them uh, for the glory of God's kingdom. Great. Yeah, it, and I'm, I'm really glad that the Women's Center has taken the material, the chronological Bible teaching, the story of hope, and put it to work with with a lot of unbelieving women. I know there's a number, I mean, you're, there's a number of women that are counseling, believing women that are counseling unbelievers, so yes. you're just... Uh, one of I don't know. Do you know how many they have that are, that are actively, actively counseling. working counseling? Um, it, it's difficult to say because I work in the uh, pro-life ministry, but we also have a group of ladies who are working with post-abortion ministries. Okay. So we we do intersect sometimes, but I don't know exactly how many. I think maybe they have six or seven counselors okay. on that team, and our team maybe has. I don't even know exactly, maybe 10 active counselors or or even more. All right, and some news from me. I was, well, actually, both of us, we were in Bucharest last, at the end of January, and we went through a security training, two-day security training that our mission requires of us to take. So that was kind of interesting. They put us in a lot of, I guess you could say, uncomfortable situations <laughs> that we had to figure out what to do, and we're not at liberty to tell you because they told us that this is all secret. And But it was just so that we'd be aware 
and know what to do if we do get into any of those situations. Well, thankfully, they taught us what to do in those situations. Right, right. <laughs> so that, that was interesting. It was a good time to also, I think, just to fellowship with some other missionaries, missionary friends that we know. And then, and then Christina, you went home, and I stayed in Bucharest for the weekend. That's right. And I had two pastors from Ukraine come, Roma and Yuri, and we on Saturday did a evangelism seminar on how to use art, historic art prints, for evangelism, and it was very interesting to do this in a different country because you know obviously we do these trainings in Ukraine mainly in Russian-speaking context, and one of the things that I was shocked by was we had a group of, I think it was maybe 15, 16 people, and they had a Russian-Romanian translator for our two pastors from Ukraine. And so they were good with that. And then for me, I was just going to speak in English because it's a little easier to find an English-Romanian translator than to find a Russian-Romanian translator. And I got up to speak, and my translator said, hey, um, actually, everybody in here already knows English, so you can just speak in English. <laughs> I was like, wow, really? So that definitely, at least in Bucharest, there's a lot more people that speak English than, than in Ukraine, in Ukraine context. So I just, I, that was nice for me. I spoke English. But then actually what happened was the translator that they had, the Russian to Romanian translator, she was struggling a bit with, with the translation. And so then they asked me not to translate into Romanian because I don't know Romanian, but just to translate from Russian to English. And so I spent the rest of the seminar teaching my part, teaching my part. And then when the my um, co-pastors or the guys that are leading the seminars with me, when they taught their part, I translated for them. So that ended up being pretty, um, a little tiring for me, I guess, to be teaching and translating all day. But praise God, they really took off with the idea and then on Sunday, we did a little miniature kind of art exhibition where our students then shared about their art and communicated the gospel aspects of their art. And now, let's see, today is the 5th to 14th. So next week on the 22nd, we're going to be doing another, this will actually be a conference in the church about, well, just outside of Odessa, about 30 minutes in Yuzhny. Same idea what we're going to be talking about uh, art and and I'm going to be speaking specifically about the gospel as art the, as the greatest piece of art. Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about it so I've been studying getting ready for that but our goal in all of this is to uh, encourage to motivate and to train people to do evangelism so that they will be doing evangelism. So appreciate your prayers as we as we continue to do that. A lot of opportunities uh, for for training and evangelism in churches here. All right, let's leave it at that. I know there's a lot more ministry news that we could talk about, but we'll get on to our questions here. So ten, okay. So we wrote, each wrote ten. What do we call them? Tim, ten, ten, uh, ten uncomfortable questions for each other, and these are mainly relating to love, marriage, right? Yeah. And I don't know if we have time to share, because that's 20 questions. That's quite a few. Yeah. Well, let, but let's, just, let's go back and forth. And let's see how many we can get through. And uh, we're, we're already at like 10, 12 minutes or 10, 11 minutes of this podcast. So, Christina, why don't you start with the first question? I know what your questions are, but I don't, I don't know which ones of those questions you're going to ask me. So, <laughs> surprise me. Ask me a question. All right. Well, let's dig into your past a little bit. Uh oh 
Did you have a girlfriend or girlfriends before we met? (laughs) And if you did, how did that relationship affect your further decisions? Really? You want me to answer that? No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I did have a girlfriend when I was in high school. And, How old exactly were you? Uh, okay, let's see. I was 14, I believe. Wow. 14, our, fi- 14 if our, 15. If our kids find out about this. Well, they're probably going <laughs> to listen to the podcast. Actually, our kids are going to be in youth group tomorrow, which you're probably going to ask me that question too, a youth group. So I was 14, 15 years old, and yes, I had a girlfriend, and it was, here's here's how, how it happened. I heard through the grapevine that this girl that was in my class, she had a crush on me. <laughs> and I, at that point, I didn't, I didn't really have a crush on her necessarily, but I just thought, you know, it'd be kind of cool to have a girlfriend. <laughs> Sorry, uh, and so, and so we started dating, and she she was actually a very nice girl. And uh, we dated actually, I think it was from the end of eighth grade, or like right around the end of eighth grade. I want to say like through, through through my ninth grade year in high school. So I think it was like over a year. Mm-hmm. But what I can say about that is is that. For whatever reason, obviously, I grew up in a pastor's home, and and so I had this idea in my head that I should not get in any kind of physical. Uh, there shouldn't be any physical really aspect of that relationship. And and so we talked a lot. We went on some walks, and and then she came to church. She would come to church with us every Sunday. Yes. But I look back on that now and I just think, well, you know, God was so gracious to me that really kept me from from getting to any kind of physical relationship with her. And I do remember that I think that we held hands a few times and I think maybe I kissed her on the cheek once. Wow. So sorry about that, Christine. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 you know, and, and then after that, I just... We, we we would talk a lot and and then I, I just realized that it, well probably first of all I was too young you know um, but realized that this and, and there wasn't really like that there was she was a terrible girl or anything she wasn't but it just wasn't the right one you know for me and so so God just just led in that and I just think that's his his grace so I think you know how did that affect I guess like future. Future decisions. Decisions. Mm-hmm. I think it made me, because I began to feel in that relationship, you know, after, I don't know, however many months that, that like, well, maybe, you know, this isn't the right one. What do I do now? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and it made me feel more serious about, okay, I don't want to get in any kind of, say, romantic type of relationship unless I, I have a really good idea that, that this person is, is possibly the one who could be my spouse. And so, and I know that when we met, you know, I would, you knew that I was pretty serious about that, that, okay, yes. I'm not just like dating you for fun, that, that mm-hmm. I'm interested in you because I think that you'd make a good wife. And you did make a good wife. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good, thank you. Oh, is it my turn to ask a question now? Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the, di- what's the biggest difference between your family growing up and our family now? What I can see is, 
I would say that our children are a lot more open with us than I was with my parents. And, and I don't know if it's true about you too, but I'm very glad that we were able to somehow build our relationship in such a way that they could come to us and ask some questions that are fairly uncomfortable. I mean, they're fairly uncomfortable for me as a mom to answer those questions, but I'm glad that they feel free to do so. And um, it's a stretching experience, but, but I'm glad that we can have such open and honest relationship with them. Well, and, and maybe you should explain, too, a little bit about your family growing up, because you didn't necessarily grow up in a Christian home. I did not grow up in a Christian home, um, and our family was a good family. I, I grew up in the Soviet Union, and, uh, of course, we always had difficulties with living situation as far as, like, apartment and having... Um, enough room for everyone so we always had our grandma living with us because she was helping helping us helping my parents with us kids and um, and I remember that we always had when we would have a conflict in the family there would always be two sides and of course I chose and picked whichever side was more beneficial to me and so my grandma would be upset with my dad. She was his mother-in-law. And then, of course, I would pick grandma's side because if my dad was upset with me, then I know grandma always sided you knew with you're, me. You knew you were going to be defended and yes, yes. possibly let off of some sort of discipline or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I did see some conflict between my parents uh, where, of course, I could also take sides, whichever side looked good to me. But in our family, we do have sometimes some conflicts or some differences of opinion, and I guess no, we don't. <laughs> no, so I'm pretty strong. I, I I sometimes feel very strongly about certain issues. Okay, was that a surprise to you? No. <laughs> but but I always I always feel that in our home now, we Caleb and I are more of a core. We we learn to be the core and 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 be together on so if there's a battle in the home we're on the same side yes (laughs) (laughs) and i feel like we're stronger okay (laughs) so so that's that's one of the that that's one of the things that i think is is different um yeah, okay. and just 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 the whole I think the whole dynamic because I grew up only uh, with a younger brother. Right. And I remember when he was little, my dad decided to switch his parenting technique. Oh. To Well, I, I don't think that he was really that much involved with, with me when I was growing up. It was mainly I was I'm the product of my grandma's right, um, right. upbringing. But my dad decided that my brother will not know a word no. Yeah, and of course he had to have all the best, all the best things. Like for instance, the the latest computer, the best, I don't know, the best desk. You know, just just all the best things. And of course, by the time that my brother was a teenager, I already left home, and uh, and I really was not involved in his life very much. But. 
but I don't think that we have that policy. And and my parents, of course, they <laughs> no, I think they're they're well, repent, they repented yeah. of that policy. That well, the, when you have five kids, you have to have the word no. Yes, oh, <laughs> to be yes, a pretty significant absolutely. part of the the family uh, vocabulary. Yes. Yeah. So I, I think those are just some some of the differences that I see, of course, and and of course we have family devotions mm-hmm. in our home, which I think. Although I know your dad did read the Bible to you guys. Yeah, my dad did read the Bible to us, but he read not understanding anything that he was reading. Well, he didn't really explain. He just like he didn't explain. He just he just read, and basically that put us to sleep because the Book of Job was not the most exciting book for little kids. All right. Okay, your question. All right. Have you ever had temptation to view pornography, and if you did? then how did you overcome them? Or if mm-hmm. you didn't, what would you suggest to a young man or a young woman that are struggling with it? Yeah, I think if you talk about growing up, I mean, we grew up at a different time, and so it didn't have the same level of temptation that we have today. But certainly there was still temptation there in some form. But thankfully, I grew up in a Christian home, so... I just didn't really have access to that kind of stuff. You that know? was a good thing. I know, and so like, I think uh, I was trying to, you know, I'm just trying to think like, it, the closest access that I would get would maybe be from like a friend at school, or you know, maybe if a friend like stole a magazine from their dad, or 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 maybe a cousin or something like that. So I honestly, you know, growing up until you know 15 16 years old and then i left home basically when i was 17 i i really don't remember i mean temptation temptation was there for sure um but but the closest thing to maybe like seeing an r-rated film or something catching a glimpse of it you know where there was maybe uh, a woman topless or something like that so so in that sense um it, it wasn't any uh wonderful doing of mine it was just that that was i didn't have a lot of access to it you know mm-hmm. um but i i, th- I think that the situation is a lot different now and 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 for me now too as well the, just the access that it's it's at first it was like oh it's on the computers it's online now it's on the phones you know mm-hmm. and and so it just can be anywhere and and, and everywhere and the advice that i give and especially i think to to young men that are not married, uh, because because honestly, I think marriage is a help in this, but it's not it's not the whole solution, because people that struggle with pornography, um, they 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 can be disappointed by intimacy in marriage, and and they can still go back to pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I would I would say in, in in my case that marriage helps me a lot. And but but my advice uh, for all men and but especially for for single men is is basically two things like two core things. There's a lot of different advices, but two core things. And one is to to work on training your the direction of your mind. And Scripture talks a lot about that 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 we need to have the mind of Christ. That. Paul talks about the things that we need to think about, which need to be peaceable and, and, and things that are in line with, with Scripture. And so focusing your mind on Christ through God's Word, through studying God's Word, through, through regular study, through regular prayer, so that 
when your mind is tempted by something, it has something to go back to. Scripture memorization can be a way to help focus your mind as well. And then the other thing that I think is very helpful to, to young men, and to all men in this too, but especially young single men, is to be busy with significant things. And I just, I think that even the scriptural example of this shows that it's not good for a young man to have idle time. And, and David is, is the prime example, David and Bathsheba, where obviously he wasn't even young at that time. So mm-hmm. let's not just limit it to young men. But David had... He had other wives. Yeah, he had other... I mean, he had plenty of opportunities to, to have sex, I think, but, um, but he was tempted. But if he had been doing the things he needed to be doing, he wouldn't even have time to think about that. And so, so I suggest that if, if this is a problem for you, think about the past and when that temptation has been, when you've given in to that temptation. Think about when that was and where you were. Because it tends to happen at sort of the same times and same places. And oftentimes that happens in the evening, at night, when you're alone. But so, so my, 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 uh, so, so I wanted to say recommendation. my recommendation, my counsel, there it is. Uh, my, my, uh, recommendation is, is to keep yourself busy with significant things. So what would that be? Your work? It should be somewhat of you know, ministry, service to other people. Because not only is that going to keep you busy so that when you get home you're going to be tired and you want to go to sleep instead of sitting there and you know scrolling through YouTube or, or whatever online, but it's also going to give you something to think about. You know, if you're serving others regularly, if there, are, there, are there service opportunities at church that you could be more involved in to keep yourself busy so that you're thinking about the right things and you're doing the right things and you just don't have time to get involved in pornography and be tempted. What do you think about account- accountability in this? Is there a need for accountability? What would you say? I, I, I guess I, I may be not quite... Uh, I know a lot of people talk about account- accountability, accountability. And first of all, I think that you need to be in... A church where there is healthy Christian fellowship but I just find that accountability is often not really the answer to these things because what happens is if I'm in sin I'm just probably not going to tell you about it anyway mm-hmm. I'm just gonna find a way to cover it up you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, and so but but that being said yeah have have somebody if that helps you have somebody that you can talk to about these things uh, be be in a church where you can have fellowship with men, uh, men who who have uh, 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 who are disciplined, have a good relationship with God, so you can learn from them. Um, but but I don't I don't see necessarily accountability as, as the great answer to, to some of these things. Okay, thank you. All right, my turn to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, let's go with something a little bit simpler here. What annoys you most about me? Knuckle cracking. <laughs> no, really, knuckle cracking. It's, and and I don't know for some reason I I did try to do that when I was younger, like when I was in maybe middle school. Yeah. And my neighbor. That's true. I've never seen you crack your knuckles. So my my neighbor that sat next to me, uh, we had desks for two people. Right. And uh, he he always did that. 
and that annoyed me. But then I got a different desk partner, so so that was that was done with. And then just I don't know, just recently you started doing that. I mean, I don't know how recently maybe no five six no, years no, no. ago. I just try to do it when you're not around. That's all. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I don't know for some reason, but I think that our children take the greatest pleasure out of not cracking every knuckle or any possible joint in their body that cracks. They just they just love to but, do that. But you have to understand, sometimes it's just a physical need. I, I don't know. I just I can't I, <laughs> like like my, my joint won't move until it cracks. So, I, I have I have a difficult time understanding because I never have the urge to do so. Okay. Let's move on to the next question. <laughs> All right. How do you deal with temptation when you see uh, other beautiful young girls? Oh, wow. You're just keeping these questions <laughs> along the same serious. lines. It's serious. <laughs> uh, how do I deal with temptation? Well, uh, first of all, I just found the most beautiful wife I could find. Oh, thank so you. That, <laughs> that would happen. Uh, well, She's I, not young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's still beautiful. Um, I think... Uh, certainly uh, a girl or woman can, can catch your eye. I don't think that that's necessarily a sin. But it's a sin if you decide to continue to look and to think about things after that. And, and so um, if, if someone does catch my eye, uh, well, one of the things I try to do is just think about you. You know, you. <laughs> so and arrives like, hey, I have a wife. You know, she's beautiful. So, so I do. I try to think about you, and I mean, I think that those are those things in kind of that happen. You know, quickly as you're, you know, going walking through town or or something like that. That it's just you know, you have to just just train yourself that okay, I'm just not going to dwell on that. I'm just whatever you think about. If I if if some if it's if it's bad. I mean, if it if it's a if it does become difficult for me, then then I pray. I say, hey God, help me not to focus on this thing, you know. Um, but I think that that's the the area where really what you have to do, like what I said in the earlier question, is you have to focus on training your mind to think and meditate and and move in the correct direction um, biblically on a regular basis. So so if if I'm being faithful in in studying god's word on a regular basis that's going to be continually training my mind so that when i come to those spots where oh there's a little temptation there my mind immediately goes back to god's word goes back to to correct thinking goes back to my wife rather than hmm, let, let's let's imagine what can happen here and and so i think there's a lot more to do with what you do on with your time when you have that time to study God's word and to pray and to meditate on God's word that forms how you react in those immediate situations. But it's also good to have a little response of either, hey, I'm going to think about my wife or let me think about this verse of scripture that will keep me from or focusing my mind on, on this woman before me. Good. Okay. Oy, I didn't pick my next question yet. All right, let me... Oh, here's an interesting one. I don't think I've ever asked you this before. How did you know I was the one for you? Hmm. I think that one, um, one of the criteria that I had 
was that the the man or the young man right. should be a Christian. Well, okay. that's that's like that's the most important but thing. But there's and, like how many well, million <laughs> Christian young men in the world? Well, honestly, honestly, um, that was. It, it made but, but my still, choice a lot easier well, because still it narrowed. It, it narrowed things. down, okay. the, and just the fact that we met at college, at a right. Christian college, Bible college, right. that helped me to know that, you know, the the biggest part of that process of selection has has already been done. Like right. I didn't have to sift through thousands of people, you know. But just yeah, especially at the college we were at, because <laughs> there was only about like. What like thirty <laughs> eligible guys there or something? <laughs> but but uh, I think one of the things was just your simplicity in, in just conversing and easygoing a type of a character and I I really enjoy a sincere person a person that you don't have to. So guess. you felt like I was sincere when we first met. Yeah, you you looked a little timid. You you, you looked you looked a little sheepish. I would. Say. I mean, I I think you looked a little sheepish when you asked me out. But <laughs> <laughs> no, you. I think you you were yourself. You, you, you were. You know not. why? Because I just wrecked on my bike. Remember that? Oh yeah, that's. Right. I had my arm in a in sling, sling yeah. and I think I had a concussion. <laughs> I hope you didn't ask me because no, you were I, not in your right mind. No, well, but the, well, actually, the thing is that I we had these these jumps in the backyard of the school that my brother and I had made. Actually, my brother made anyway, and and so I had been riding on them before I asked you out, and and I went off this jump and I wrecked and I landed on my head and my shoulder, oh. and and I saw stars. I I didn't pass. I didn't get knocked out. But I did get a concussion, I know, because I could not think straight the rest of the day. I couldn't I couldn't put together a normal sentence, which wow. I think is a sign of concussion. I think maybe you had like an aneurysm, like a small no, 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 no. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but but that was the day, the evening, that I called my parents and I told them that I was getting interested in you and I wanted to ask you out and what they thought of it. How did you put the sentences together? I, I do remember. I remember talking to them on the phone, and that's the weird thing, because I remember they asked me about my day, and I was like, and I, I had worked for uh, the husband of the secretary of the school that day. I couldn't remember his name. I couldn't... You couldn't remember her name. And probably couldn't remember her name either. I couldn't remember right now. But... Um, I couldn't remember the church across the street. Then You know what? I, I just... I couldn't put sentences normally together and and i said yeah i'd like to you know remember this girl christina because you know my dad knew you because he met you and he told well he already told me i should marry you so i i figured they'd probably be pretty positive towards it but anyway that was the night that, that happened sorry i got distracted oh, no, was no, that no. you were supposed to be answering that question right um yeah how did you know i was the one for you so uh, another thing was that you had a very nice family nice Parents. I thought you were gonna say I have a nice, had a nice face. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a nice face too. Did, did I have a beard when I first met you? No, you didn't. Wow. And I remember I saw a picture of you. You you just came from Brazil like oh, that right, year, yeah. and I saw a picture. I had about of you like a week's worth of beard. Or yeah, something. with a little bit of a shadow on your right. cheeks. 
And I said, oh, that looks so nice. And all of a sudden, five, week, five days later, I see a little shadow on Caleb's cheeks. So I figured, hmm, he probably listened to my little, little advice. <laughs> but, but honestly, I think that back then, I did not appreciate you as much. I think it was, a lot of it was just like attraction, mm-hmm. um, just kind of physical attraction. Well, you didn't have, and, you didn't know I, how I didn't, or why to appreciate me. No, we didn't I, I mean, th- there were just a few, a few character qualities that I saw. And by mm-hmm. the way, you remember you made me bread? Right. Yeah, you that, were like yeah. that little redhead. Right, bread <laughs> co- that I collected had from wheat that I had harvested and ground. Yes, so, so I mean, that was really impressive to me. I really? Just, well, I've never met a guy who baked bread. <laughs> That was the last loaf I think I baked. <laughs> I think so. No, but I actually really liked baking bread back in the day. But, but I think that just that um, the fact that my parents agreed with my decision, although they really did not know you, mm-hmm. and and the fact that it didn't seem to raise many questions from other people, other people did not say. Um, well, no, some people did say, oh, they Christina, did? you're hurrying, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah, some of your friends in Minnesota. My, they, my friends from Minnesota. Because they uh, didn't know me. They didn't know Caleb, and they thought that maybe I was just rushing into this. Yeah. And so I remember when I came back from Christmas break after being with them, I told Caleb that maybe we shouldn't get married. And how did I react? He said, okay, we can wait. And so... Were you surprised how I reacted? Um, did you think I would be like a, I, yeah, against a little, waiting? A little bit, but... But in a way that gave me the confidence to know that you just didn't, you know, you wouldn't throw a fit. You would just, you would just be, um, you know, steady and you'll right. just do the right thing. You wouldn't push me. And so in a way that confirmed to me that, that you're a good person to, to marry. Well, it's just like today we go into the store and you're like, oh, I think I want to buy this, whatever, whatever. And I'll say, oh, sure, just buy it. And they're like. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of expensive. You usually don't well, buy it. Well, that's a sneaky way. <laughs> okay. Uh, let, let's do one more question each, okay? All right. All right. Let's okay, see. Okay, hold on. It's, Wait, is, it's my turn. Oh, so, oh, it's my sorry. turn to ask Oh, that's question. right. It's your turn. Okay, go right. ahead. All right. So, what helps you to deal with a conflict in marriage when we have conflict? And how would you recommend that that the fire would continue burning in marriage? How would you recommend? Those are that? that's two questions. Okay, that's <laughs> I'm, two trying, questions. I'm trying. Okay, so so you, you pick well, you one. Choose, which, which, which one? Which one do you do you want to answer? Which one do you think would be the most beneficial? Let's choose conflict. Okay. 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 Conflict, because actually I just did a lesson about that for our men. Okay. But conflict in marriage. Well, yeah. Well, we do have conflict at times. I think we have less now than we used to have. Uh, but I th- and I think that was a big lesson for me to learn because when like you know, let's say when the first you know kind of conflicts came up I w- wasn't necessarily ready for them because I hadn't seen that growing up I didn't know how to deal with that and so it was a bit unexpected for me but what I what I learned is that, first of all if if there is some conflict I shouldn't immediately blame you. Mm-hmm. That I need to look and think, okay, may- maybe I'm actually right in like, okay, here's what we need to do now, 
but maybe I'm wrong in how I approach the situation. Maybe I did some things that led to that conflict. And, and so I need that humility. Uh, another thing that I've learned is that I need to stop trying to win, you know, just win an argument, mm -hmm. and, and let you have a little bit of time to just cool off if you need to. I think that was one thing that, that I learned. It probably took me like five or six years to learn because whenever we have a conflict, I just want to like come back and say, okay, okay, we got to figure this out, you know, and I just keep like kind of beating you down. I mean, I'm talking <laughs> metaphorically, you know, but, but just coming back and coming back to it, like, let's figure this out. Let's figure this out. When what I really need to do is just like back off a little bit, relax a little bit. The world's not coming to an end. And that when emotions are high, it's, it's almost impossible to come to resolution. So give a little time sometimes and then approach it again. And it can be so much easier to, to resolve. And then just learn to, to give up some things. Learn to give up your pride. Learn to admit that I was wrong. Learn to say, hey, you know what? I really wanted to do this thing. But it's okay. We don't have to. You that, know? Those are hard things to do, you know? <laughs> well, I think, I think that oftentimes, like, like, for instance, conflict between you and me can be because I say something like, okay, well, you know, I plan to do this ministry thing or whatever. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Well, you know, I didn't know about this. Or what about time at home with the family and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. and, and if I'm not careful in the first, you know, reaction, kind of, wait, this is ministry. This is <laughs> God's work, you know. <laughs> And you'd want me to stay home just what? So I can do some dishes or something? <laughs> and and so learn to think, okay, wait a minute. My ministry ambitions or whatever are not nearly as important as my my home life and my faithfulness to my wife and to my kids, to my family, and learn to give up those types of things. And sometimes in my mind, I can see that whatever it was I wanted to do or planned for or something like that, is so important and so big, but then after you know so many years of marriage, I realized, wait a minute, nothing for me personally is as big really as my marriage and my family. And so I'd be willing to give all those things up for the for for my marriage and my family. And I think the more that that you see that, and the more that you trust that that is my intention, then also oftentimes the more you actually give, I guess I would say, freedom in a way. Um, to, to do some of those things outside of the home because you know that I'm not out there you're just trying to build a name for myself or trying to get away from my family, mm -hmm. you know. That's true. Well, thank you. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, well, and other things, we do ministry together too, and that <laughs> kind of helps too. Okay, and I've, I can ask one more question, right? Yes. Do you ever find it difficult to forgive me for something, and how do you deal with that? I... I used to find it difficult to forgive before, like when we first got married. And I think that mainly that's because I I was not understanding the truth of, not, not the truth, but like how, how Christ, how much Christ forgave me. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I knew that Christ forgave me, but it just was not a, like a daily practice for me. Because, I, you know, I just grew up... You know, in, in the home where yes, I was forgiven all the time, and but but I did not really 
offer people forgiveness very easily. And so, um, so for me, that was, that was kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you know, we've, we've been married for over 22 years, and I've learned that it's much easier to quickly forgive than to drag it out. I mean, you, you still have to forgive in the end, but you just drag it out, you ruin your day, you, 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 you ruin get somebody yourself, else's you ruin day. somebody else's day, and it's just awful all around. So, so um, I'm talking about, of course, things, kind of small offenses, or maybe they're not even offenses, but it's just like something that I made up in my mind that became an offense in my yeah, mind. Yeah, not like I went out and like cheated on you or anything. No, but I think, you know, of course, I have not experienced the the big betrayals and the serious, like, adultery that some, some women experience mm-hmm. in their marriage. And, and, and I think that that would be a much harder situation right. to offer your husband forgiveness after he has betrayed you. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so, of course, you have not done any of those but, but serious I, I offenses. Think, I think that oftentimes the, those little unforgivenesses, they lead to bigger ones. That's true. In the sense that, that bitterness grows. And, and even like in a marriage where, let's say, let's say the wife you know, doesn't forgive a husband for a you know, bunch of little things, mm-hmm. you know. Well, eventually the husband is... Oftentimes they're like, they're, they don't want to be in that marriage anymore because... A resentment grows. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's 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 a bitter marriage, and so then then they go out and they, they cheat on their on their wife. Uh, yeah, and then and, that only and then of course that's, the yeah, the, you know. So so I think little unforgivenesses often lead to bigger unforgivenesses. Yeah, but let not the sun set in your anger. So yeah, and take care of those little foxes, right? <laughs> yes, that's that's a good that's yeah. a good verse. All right, Christina. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, my pleasure. So you probably join us more often because <laughs> I think it's always more interesting for people to hear, first of all, two people speaking, but, <laughs> but to hear you speaking. And, and and probably I talk about things that I won't talk about when you're not on the podcast because right. you ask us those, those questions, right? Because I ask uncomfortable questions. <laughs> right, uncomfortable <laughs> questions. So. All right, friends, thank you for joining us. And if you want to subscribe, you can do it on iTunes or if you go to sukofamily.org slash the gospel today, you can find information on this podcast, different ways to subscribe for Android as well as for iTunes or on Google Play, whatever, whatever works for you. But we appreciate your prayers. And if you would like to be connected with us through email for praying and getting ministry updates, you can do that at sukofamily.org slash pray. And we continue to serve here in Ukraine because of the generosity of of many, many people, many of you who are listening. And we just want to say thank you for that so much. It's a great privilege for us to preach the gospel and serve here in Ukraine.